0: Is the best of two pros in a couple of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio.
2: And um, that'll do it. That uh, <laughs> Yep.
3: <laughs> I mean. Do we have taps? Do we, can we play taps? On it's sport?
2: just, uh, look in the handful of games since the Cowboys and 49ers have played going back to the playoff game it feels like the 49ers have gotten significantly better and it feels like the Cowboys are just the same mm. <laughs> There's no and mm. it, i don't know mm. and i say this and and brady's in the same boat as somebody who had the Cowboys go to the super bowl yeah. And I would like to accept my responsibility for a bad pick and just say that if it's the Niners in their way, you can go ahead and close the coffin lid. It's not They don't have a shot in hell. And it's not just a Dak Prescott problem. They got totally outclassed on every facet, on every level. I, I just, mean, that was ugly.
3: That roster is just that good. <laughs> I mean, Honestly. <laughs> Like Sam was talking to me before the show started and we were just talking about how like it doesn't matter there's three things they have working in their favor. First off, Brock Purdy's been playing phenomenal. The way he moves within the pocket, keeps his eyes downfield, finds second window throws for guys that that when they're not initially open is as good as there is right now in the NFL. And he's a second-year player. It's just it's incredible to me that San Francisco has found something in a guy who's I know it's 10, what, 10 starts? He's 10-0 right now? Yeah. But you got to give them a ton of credit because now looking back on everything with, with Trey Lance, it's, it's pretty apparent. Like, Kyle Shanahan's been able to identify in quarterbacks like what they can do, what they can't do, put them in a position to succeed, and then clearly just go, okay, like, this guy is, is for real. And we were able to get him in – you know, basically at the end of the draft where no one else saw the value we did in him, at least of making sure we got him. But he, this kid's unbelievable, the way he's playing right now. The, the next thing is their personnel. I mean, between McCaffrey to Debo to George Kittle to Juszczyk to Ayuk, whoever it is, like, it, it's the flavor of the week. They could find ways of making any one of those guys have a big game, depending on the matchup. And last night it was George Kittle. So, you know, that's the, that's the second thing. The third thing is obviously their defense. I mean, I just, when you just keep loading up your front, when you can, can load up your defense with talent, it makes it so difficult to have any weaknesses and feel like you can win any matchup, matchups if you're Dallas or anyone else for that matter. So, that was, a, that was a butt kicking. And that was taps for both my Super Bowl picks. Even though the Bengals won, it doesn't feel like they're making it either. Mm.
2: Mm. <laughs> it's just uh I what what a demoralizing loss for the Cowboys. <laughs> just exposed, mm. absolutely exposed.
1: Uh I'm not going to say I told you so because I think it's too early to say I told you so.
3: No, you were right that. Well, yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm we not could, going we to We do that to you a lot, but we don't.
1: I'm so. not. I said, well, I'm doing it right now. And, and you know, I'm not going to do it, but I could yeah. do it. I'm I'm just saying they did exactly what Dallas has done to make you say I wouldn't trust them. They turned the ball over. The mm-hmm. offensive line didn't hold up. I didn't think that the defense wouldn't hold up, but the defense didn't hold up either. Um, and, and it's, it, it can't be a qualifier to say, okay, well, San Francisco talent wise, play calling wise, personnel wise, like all those things, that's what they are. That's what they are coming into a game where we're saying, we're going to see how these two heavyweights match up head to head. This could be foreshadowing of what's going to take place in the, the NFC championship round. It could be a big, a big, playoff game and, and the playoffs before that round. But we were going to find out who both of these teams were because it very easily could have gone the other way. We could have very easily saw the Dallas Cowboys defense dominate, you know, the, the 49ers offense and, and make it difficult, make it an ugly game. We could have saw Dak Prescott and company do things that made you say – Wow, this is a team that really is on their way, and they're they're on they're on the right road to possibly challenging for a Super Bowl. So it could have gone the other way. We could have talked about Mike McCarthy's play calling. We could have talked about a lot of different things that could have gone right, but it didn't go right. Now I'll say this: I, I still think it's too early to write them off. I don't think it's it's time to write them off because they took one ass kicking. To be to be honest, like, and that's why I'm not going to sit there and be on I, I told you so type well, type the, time. The
3: problem is it's not really one ass kicking. I mean, it's three years they didn't show up versus Arizona this year. There's there's a number of of you know times you kind of watch them and just go, yeah, maybe they just don't
1: have it this year. Mm, well, I wouldn't go and say it. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm I'm not. I'm not on their I'm not on their wagon that they're going to be good to begin with, but I'm not saying the people that are on their wagon should get off of the wagon. I'm just saying um it's it you should be looking around your wagon and seeing familiarities of the bandwagon that you're sitting on is all I would say
3: I mean I would say this their best hope is this that they don't have to face either one. Of San Francisco or Philly, and this is how it would happen. Somehow, Philly has to face San Francisco, which it seems somewhat improbable, because they should be the top two seeds, so it seems improbable. But somehow, those two would face each other before Dallas has to face either one. (laughs)
1: Hmm. So and, then, going to knock one and then
3: one of those two is gonna knock the other out, and then that's their best window or opportunity. Because I don't think if they have to play both, they have any shot at getting past both. They have to hope that somehow, some way, the rest of the season goes in a manner where they don't have to face both. And they should also hope that it's Philly who beats San Francisco because I think they might match up a little better with Philly at least based on a one-game sample so far
1: from this year, than they do with the 49ers. Uh, and I'm, the 49ers play the Eagles. It, so the it'll way, be interesting yeah. to see how they match up. That,
2: that's next level scoreboard watching. And if you're having to do that week five of the season, if you're a Cowboy fan, you're screwed. Right yeah. so well, it just, that's where I'm at. It just, it, yeah, it does feel like there's there's a clear divide. Now, uh, Mike McCarthy spoke afterwards about just getting ready for this game, getting prepared for the 49ers. And, uh, yeah, it just didn't go the way you thought it would.
1: I didn't see this coming. Um, I thought their prep was was good this week. So I, I thought we had one of our better Fridays and Saturdays of the year. So, But I, I think like I've, we've talked about before, sometimes you have a great week of preparation and it doesn't go so well. And some weeks it's not the best week of preparation and you play well. So we did, not, we did not hit the mark at all today.
2: So there's uh there's an, an obvious oh, statement. Not that, so fair. Thanks, Big Mike.
1: Thanks, Big Mike. So
3: when he yeah. didn't
1: Let know me, that. Captain obvious. Um,
3: was it?
2: Yeah. W- w- was he outcoached? Because I'm always uh, absolutely okay. Yeah. G-, all right. Yeah. Because it, it did absolutely. It did seem like they was, were
1: outplayed, no outcoached. Answers. We didn't even mention. D- we didn't even mention the the guys on on like Warner and and what was Ken, Ken what what's his name uh Kinlaw the, is it Kinlaw the yeah, other yeah, linebacker Law. Jesus I mean a, talk about easy. active LBs playing like a different era type of linebacker I mean they're physical they're athletic they're rangy I mean I I really enjoy the way those guys they they pretty much impacted the game from the start of the game. I, I, and as a linebacker, I was – I just – I know the, the commentators were finding themselves, you know, t- just really, really giving high praise to them. But as, Greenlaw, as somebody – Why who, did I yeah, say Greenlaw, Greenlaw. Yeah, Greenlaw I say right. Well, Kenlaw, right. I South I think it was a Greenlaw. Yeah, South Carolina. Um, sure. But, man, yeah. they – I mean – Cox. They, they, mm. That's a pretty impressive group. and And I know we're going to continue to talk about – the comparison in terms of Philly, and and Philly is impressive on every level as well. But I just I know we know Fred Warner. I know we know the things he's been able to do and the things he's been able to accomplish, and he's been magnificent in doing it as a player. Like he's he's to me he's the best in the business at at that middle backer's position. But but Dre Greenlaw. He put he made a name for himself last night. And he's been he's been a guy that has made plays. I've seen him make plays. And I, I know he's he's been on the map for making plays. But right. he put himself on the map to be like a pro bowler, like even possible, all pro with, with what he did last wow. night. I mean, it's pretty impressive, man. Right. It's pretty impressive.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's uh not... one one linebacker give another line
1: back is some love. Yeah. He linebacker some was, was, love. He was impressive. And yeah. and I you know, I gotta say, I mean the, the game plan, and, and this is the biggest thing for me, and, and I hope Micah understands this moving forward, is when you get to a level of dominance and fanfare like he's gotten to, you are going to have to deal with two to three dudes hitting you every single play. You're going to have to deal with, with so many schemes that are geared to limit and minimize you in a game. Whether they're a great team or not, you're going to see the wind blowest, blow hardest at the top of the flagpole. That's what they say. You're going to see if hmm. if he's really great. Like last night you saw a game plan that that truly they neutralized him. Yeah. And, and you got to see other guys. There's got to be other guys, a Diggy Zui, whoever it may be. And I hope, hope Van Der Esch is, is okay. Um, but there's got to be another guy that, that is able to make, make it difficult for a team to use two to three guys on. on I mean, isn't that on, supposed to be DeMarcus Lawrence? I mean, I would have thought so. He's going to yeah. have to step up. How many times did we hear his name last night? Not, not, yeah. not much. Ever since he's got paid, man, I, I, he's not been the same, same player. All right. They're going to have because that that's now that's book, and their secondary is continuing. Their their secondary is is almost like on the same pattern as as the offensive line. Like you just can't get them all on the field and keep them all healthy. It's a it's a it's a it's a fragile secondary, and this what what this was the first game that they had their entire O line of of note all in at the same time and it and it didn't last you know the center goes out with with an injury it just didn't last so and and for what it's worth they they did not look like all pro study it didn't look like the Larry Allen uh Nate Newton Stepnowski it didn't didn't look like that offensive line you know it didn't look like what they've been painting them out to be
3: no but you know I mean, look, I, I would say this. I thought the, the O-line did a decent job on the front. But to your point about the backers, I mean, that just allowed Greenlawn to wanted to play free. And those guys were flying around making plays and, and getting pressures. So, it, it, look, you, you got to pick your poison again. Like, we always talk about the mismatches with San Francisco's offense versus their opposing, their opposing defenses. You also have that with their defense. I mean, you got to kind of pick your poison up front. That, that's about as talented of a group – as you will find on a defensive front. And then you have to worry about the next level and, and how you even attack their secondary. So I, I just – got to give credit to the 49ers organization. The way they've built this roster has allowed them to be not only like just roll through guys between – obviously you have your first line guys like the Bosa's and Armstead's and and, and Hargrave, all that, who they brought in this offseason. But even picking up like a, a Cleveland Farrell who, hey, it didn't work out in Las Vegas. He was a you know, top five pick. But it seems like this could be a place where he could really excel, right? They pick up Randy Gregory, where it did work out with Denver this year. Now he's coming in off the edge in a, in a limited role. Like Austin Bryant, other guys who've got, like, ability who aren't starters, but they roll those guys in fresh, and you're getting their best shot every time. Like, they are a tough, tough defensive front to go up against. And they can, they can make it through a few injuries during the course of a season because of that. So... It's it's a um, it's a well-built roster, like a, a well-tuned, you know well-oiled machine. It's it's pretty pretty fun to watch.
2: They whiffed on a top three quarterback pick, and it cost them three first-rounders, and they're still the best team in the NFL.
1: I, I thought <laughs> they would play Trey Lance. I know he's third string, but I thought they might play him just as, you know. Yeah, that yeah, yeah been I thought very they might nice. play him. That would have been very nice. Yeah. I don't, you don't think so? No, I don't. Just give him an opportunity to try <laughs> no. to get a, 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 a touchdown that, that, drive? That's
2: the only way that it would have made it worse is if he goes out there and, God forbid, he turns the ball over. I mean, oh, it's no. just.
1: I thought the damage was already done, so you might as well give that man an opportunity to try to do something good against his former team that didn't want him. Man. That's what I was thinking. But, you know, they put they put uh, what's my guy in rush? They Cooper put rush, rush in there. Yeah. Yeah, Cooper Rush. Did you feel the rush? Did you yeah. feel it? you know I, I was talking about filling the rush when he was in last year, yep. and I know you you were like, yeah, oh, it's too small a sample size, you're probably right i'm yeah. not i'm not a big again, I'm not a Dallas fan, but I did like rush, yeah, yeah, I did, did like you him in the there rush, yeah, I did too hey, I'm how in many rush. interceptions did did uh did, did uh three? um throw huh how many three what the lap, you know, Dak, Dak, Delap Dak lap, Prescott know, the Lap. He looked he more like the Lap last night than he, he did. Trace. That, you know. yeah. Trace. Trace
3: yeah. INTs. Yeah. Trace, huh? Three.
1: Yeah. Mm. yeah, unfortunate.
3: Shut up, Lee!
2: That's uh, yeah. very unfortunate.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: It was a hell of a
2: day for college football on Saturday there. I mean, it started off with that red river rivalry, which is a pain in the ass to say in real time, but it started off with Oklahoma's big win over Texas. It finished off with USC and Arizona and whatever the hell you call that from USC, trying to win that game in double overtime or triple overtime, whatever it was. And Jed fish, not going for two and then sort of sprinkled in between there was what the hell was Mario Cristobal doing handing the ball off instead of taking a knee? With 30 seconds left. I don't don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, But Mario Cristobal tried to explain himself afterwards. This was the Miami head coach following the devastating loss.
1: You know, when the drive started it was gonna be at one fifty seven, you know, and um, we could burn about one twenty-seven off and then it was recalibrated. I should've taken the timeout right there at the end. Thought he could get the first down and you know, we talked about two hands on the ball, but that's not good enough. Just should have told him to take any in. That's it. Fumbled the ball at twenty five and they went seventy five yards in two plays. So I'm not gonna make an excuse for it or say he should have done this or that, that's it. You know we should have should've have done it, you know. Sometimes just get carried away with, hey, just finish the game and run it. But I should have just stepped in and said, hey, just take a knee.
2: I mean, it's the first time it's happened, so there will not be any repeats of that from Mario Cristobal. So.
3: Okay, okay. This, look, there's always a reason and justification for things. They were trying to get Chaney, the running back, 100 yards. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. He was at 99 yards. They gave him another carry. He got four yards on it, then fumbled. Boned him. And that's, and that's unfortunately a now teaching point for every coach in America and every team now moving forward. And, you know, you're, I know you're making light of it because while he was at Oregon, this happened versus Stanford. They, uh, that, th- that circumstance was a little different. They had a little more time on the clock. But they, they could have taken multiple knees then. And instead, they gave the ball to C.J. Verdell. He ended up fumbling. Stanford gets the ball back. They take it into overtime. And they ended up actually losing uh, to the Oregon lost to Stanford in overtime. So, in, in this case, look, I, I think it was egregious. Their defense couldn't figure out a way of getting a stop on those two plays. But what's worse than that is it never should have came to that. And, if, and, and, look, that's the rationale for what they were thinking. Obviously, the offensive coordinator is in charge of that. As a head coach, you got to step in and say, what are we doing? Kneel, kneel down Take the ball. Knee. Yeah. Like that, they play UNC this week. UNC, who's, who's undefeated right now. Drake May is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. That may cost them a shot at the ACC championship game and ultimately a shot at playing in the college football playoff. And even though that was a tight game and you know, they probably had no business making it that close to Georgia Tech, that's what was at stake. And so now there's zero room for error for Miami moving forward, and they've got to play a really tough opponent in North Carolina this week. It, That's, that one's just tough to overcome. If
2: you're a player – I mean – if you're a player on that team, like there was a shot of some guy on the sideline. I don't, I don't remember who it was, but it was a lineman who was looking around and you, just, you could see a mouth, what the F are we doing? If you're a player on that team and you come to find out afterwards that the reason you lost that game and a potential opportunity to do big things this season is because you were trying to get your running back 100 yards instead of just winning the game, how the hell is that going to sit with, with other guys in the locker room? like that would piss me off For, because of one yard? You had all game to get 100 yards. You had all game to get that extra yard. And and because you wanted to try and get one extra yard to get him over 100, some statistical number, you cost yourself potentially an opportunity of big things. I had, that is that's astonishing to me. That that was the logic.
1: It was a miss. I don't have much to add to it. I mean, take a knee. Really. I mean I, I mean there's just not much reason and the, regardless of it's neither here nor there <laughs> huh. <laughs> huh. It's, it's neither here nor there as to what the reason would have been behind what real reason true reason media reason whatever whatever the reason you should have took a knee that that's that's what it ultimately comes down to so it, it's a miss it's a miss and and that, that's a hard way to lose a game but again I think you still have to take inventory on the fact that if a coach makes a call and something goes wrong, you have to prepare for immediate, you know, turnover, you know, uh, immediate, like you know, changing a possession all all week long. Like that's a part of that's a part of football is preparing situationally for um, unexpected turnovers. So, again, like you said, Q, I would just double down on the fact that even though it was egregiously bad in terms of just not taking the knee, when they turned the ball over, all you guys had to do was hold for two plays. Pretty much two plays. It was like 20 seconds left, I think it was. Yeah, a little more than that. Yeah, maybe a little more. But it, it just – you know, I, I know it's hard to say, okay, well, I don't need to take the blame – for what took place because I shouldn't have been put in a position to begin with. And and you wouldn't be wrong, but the game is played until the final whistle is blown. And it's a lesson to learn. It's a lesson for the, the coaching staff, but it's also a lesson for those players. And they could possibly be better, better off after this game, knowing that you know, being, you know, that in those situations, ah, I could be maybe we could be more prepared or more accountable to one another where we don't let a play, you know, become a, you know, a, a game changer, you know, for for the other team. So I don't know. It could be a positive take out of it, but it just seems like a horrible way for you to, for, you know, lose your lose your game. I mean, and it's Miami they, on top. That of
3: wasn't that. the only one, though. I mean, as you as you touched on, I mean, there was some questionable decision making all across college football. <sighs> Jonas, you mentioned USC Arizona. Oh my god! I mean, that game was littered with what the hell are they doing? I'll be honest. I'll be blunt. I'll, I can I can be critical of my alma mater. Marcus Freeman, with nine and a half minutes left, they elected to go for it on fourth and eleven. When they basically <laughs> gave that. Louisville a field goal then. Yep. If, if they don't convert, which they didn't. And they didn't, yeah. That was one I looked at 'm like, it's only an 11-point game. You have plenty of time. Why Why are you doing this? I mean, it's – I'm not sure what's happening lately. I, I think I've seen incredible mismanagement down the stretching games of the clock. And that's at, you know, the the college level for sure. Some, some pro level too. And it's—I don't know—that's what is frustrating me. Watching is, I remember well, there were so many things back when you, you would come in early for quarterback school, or even back when I was in college with Charlie Weiss. Like I could tell you exactly how much time you have and how many plays you can run, And where you know you're—I mean, I'm trying to think of which game it was where they completed a ball uh, to the running back. And I think it might have been before. I can't remember if it was before half or the end of the game. Minnesota. No, Minnesota it was, was a bad it was one. Jets Maryland.
2: Broncos. It was Zach Wilson at the end of the first half. That happened M-
1: Maryland yesterday. Maryland had well, a that bad happened yesterday one too. with them.
3: It was it was maybe Maryland. Maryland, uh, was Maryland. had a Maryland bad, Maryland bad before one. half. It costed them. Yeah. It costed them three points, which yes, at the end did. of the day ended up not mattering the game. But Talia threw a ball. You are going why? What in what, what, and, and what? I mean, like you literally need to look at a quarterback and say. How, how was this in any part of our process? The ball has to be out of bounds or in the end zone if you have no time left, or excuse me, no timeouts left, and 12 seconds. Like, you, you can't throw the football anywhere else. We always knew if you had anything less than 16 seconds and no timeout, all right, 16 seconds and no timeout, that is the, that's like, like the quickest amount of time you can run a play and get up and then clock the ball at the line of scrimmage. To stop the clock. That, that, that is it. If you have to run a field goal unit on out there, we usually said 20 seconds. Like for a Mayday type scenario where you're you on third down, you don't have another option. You complete the ball, it's fourth down, you've got to kick this thing. It was 20 seconds. But like 16, if you're just talking about trying to get a playoff, get everyone up the line of scrimmage, and then clock it. And so I, I have no idea how these teams are preparing their quarterbacks and their players in these scenarios. But it is awful. The, the mismanagement of play-calling, decision-making, and clock management.
2: I mean, USC, at the end of that game, uh, in regulation, like and, and, and it going to overtime, they had a first and goal. There was a miscommunication between Caleb Williams and the receiver. It almost turned into a pick-six. Then there was a fumbled snap. Then they brought out the field goal unit, and that the operations on that fell apart, and they, they got the kick blocked. It was... And then you get into overtime and why didn't Jed Fish go for 2? Like you had an opportunity to end it right there if you go for I, 2. I
1: was wondering why he didn't go for 2 honestly, but then I was like if he doesn't get it then everybody's going to be like why did he go for and, 2. And then the
2: and then you the one, one time that he tried to go or the one time he uh like later on he didn't realize the rule. Yeah, like he didn't realize yeah. like it was like the one time that you know he went out and sent his kicker out there and they're like no 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 you got to go for 2. Like he wasn't even aware of what was happening there and then just to, just to see i mean caleb williams bailed out lincoln riley on on what won the game there because i don't know what that, that was formation an awful was play call i
3: don't know <laughs> what that was but i mean if, if not for his athleticism huddle. that they lose yeah it's That's crazy
2: yeah it was a uh it was a wild that was a fun day of college football though man that, yeah
3: well fun for some of well, the really upsets man
2: i tell you hey it's it's usc week though
3: yeah, well, it'd be feel like USC would be a lot better if they came off a win, not a loss.
2: Hmm. How are we feeling about that game?
1: Uh, <laughs> about the know. game that just happened, or no, the game going you, into you
2: a little early, early preview of uh, USC? I would
1: love yeah. to hear how you felt about what happened. Like, I know you talked about the mishaps, but I mean, that was—I watched a lot of that game. That was an interesting game. What, what was your takeaway on it?
3: Uh, I, I thought they just got physically beat. I mean, they got out-schemed. I thought defensively, Ron English, by the way, the D.C. for Louisville, he's been with Braum for a while. I've always respected and loved the way he's called defense. You know, like if you looked at the strength of the Notre Dame offensive line, it's the tackles and really experience at center. But our guards are both younger. And so what do you do when you want to try to create mismatches up front? you get in those bear fronts we are going to cover up the center in both guards and you create one-on-ones. And you, and you could do that with a linebacker, you could do that with a defensive tackle, whoever you want. That's essentially what they did. And they were able to apply pressure and force uh, Sam Harmon to get uncomfortable in the pocket, force him to move in the pocket. Um, I thought, you know, they they made plays when they needed to. The, the, the pick early kind of stymied a little momentum, you know, early in the game. And then, and then I think Notre Dame was almost hesitant at times – to take shots downfield. I will say this though. Um, One of the cooler stories to me is I I helped out coaching a team down here called Pinecrest. And there was the quarterback that we had was a really, really talented lacrosse player, but really talented quarterback too. And I called up to their Notre Dame football office and I said, Hey, are we recruiting this kid? Like what's, what's the story? Uh, Really high academic young man, we ran the, uh, the wing T, which <laughs> I'm not sure why they brought me in the coach. I was like, hey, I ran a little midline, little speed option. That's about it. I'm not going to be able to help you much with the wing tee. Um, but just from being around the young man, you could tell, like, this is the type of kid you want to marry your daughter. Like, upstanding young man, tremendous athlete. Um, and you knew, like, he could play something uh, if you wanted to play football. Like, he's that good of a player. And so they, they, you know, the football office got back. They're like, well, I think we're recruiting him for lacrosse. He's a really, really good lacrosse player. I said, yeah. I go, well, he's going to end up playing and starting for you at some point if, if you offer him or get him there for football. So I said, I don't know how you guys need to figure it out, but talk to the lacrosse coach and figure out how to get this guy up there because uh, I think he wants to play both if he has the opportunity to come to Notre Dame. And so sure enough, um, you know, the lacrosse team offered him a scholarship – Notre Dame ended up obviously having him walk on the football team as well. And he was the wide receiver that caught the touchdown as a true freshman. Uh, he's a walk-on. He will eventually be on scholarship, but he's already on scholarship for uh, for lacrosse. But it was just kind of a cool That's moment. That's awesome. Um, to, to, uh, you know, a young man you've kind of coached, you've been around, and then seeing him succeed, he's now playing wide receiver for them. And at, I'm watching because he had a catch earlier in the drive. Then he had the touchdown catch. I'm like, why are they going away from him? Like, get, get back to throwing to him. The kid has great hands, doesn't drop passes. He's really twitchy, really fast. Um, and so that was like the bright spot of the night for me. But then after that, it just went downhill. I mean, I, physically, I, I don't know that they were up for the challenge of what that was again. Like, that was three weeks in a row in prime time. You played, you know, really physical teams. And I just thought, you know, the way Louisville was able to run the football, Jawar um, Jordan, their running backs – outstanding he's got a burst like you kind of saw that and uh the way they kind of schemed some things up defensively i think it made it just a rough night all the way around and it was it was a bad night not to have you know your a game and that's essentially what it was louisville give them all the credit in the world and jeff and his staff and and notre dame just they almost seemed like tired they almost seemed like they were just exhausted of of constantly you know playing under the lights in that spotlight against another top 25 team for the third straight week
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
4: Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. terms and conditions apply. It was a big win for the New York Jets who get some revenge.
2: The Sean Payton comments before the season about Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett, now the offensive coordinator, it was a game that we were looking forward to after the comments were made. Although Aaron Rodgers wasn't there, it was Zach Wilson and company getting it done for the New York Jets. And afterwards, Robert Sala made sure to point out who this game ball was for. Let's take a listen.
1: How about offense? 234. (laughs) I got one game ball. (laughs)
2: you guys know it's a, it's a, it's an honor to be with you guys okay. watching that defense go out there sack him get turnovers it's, it's absolutely beautiful watching this offense yeah. it's yeah. 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 only yeah. yeah. hey, well, the beginning we all could get better oh, well, myself yes. included i just appreciate oh, well. all you man especially as i get to know you guys yes, appreciate yeah. You. yeah everybody loves that guy this like, it's not just a Rodgers thing. Everybody loves Nathaniel Hackett.
3: Uh, I thought what was most interesting about those comments was what he led off with. I mean, Robert Sala's giving him praise and appreciation because of what was said in the offseason by Sean Payton. But if you listen to what he first acknowledged, it was the defense and sacking that guy is what he said, which hmm. kind of is interesting because – I mean, I, I don't know how Russell and Hackett's relationship was, but kind of lends you to think that maybe there's a lot more there between those two and what did or didn't, you know, if they didn't get along. Because the highlight to me was Brees Hall. I mean, the way he toted that rock, I know he the Denver's defense the road, has struggled this year. I mean, they make everyone look good. But 177 yards at a Tuddy. And that sort of you know, game in the NFL, that's it's still something. But that wasn't what Nathaniel Hackett led off with. So I just kind of feel like there is probably a lot more there to the relationship between him and Russell Wilson than we've heard on the outside. And maybe that's why he led off with what he said the way he said it. Well, because
2: Hackett was the fall guy. He was the one
3: who had to go. Yeah, but there's more than just that. I mean, we knew based on the contract and the trade to get Russell Wilson, they couldn't move on from him after one year. So that's – that's. it's not the fall guy. There's there's more there. There were clearly some, you know, as far as maybe – why you know, because he took the blame, even though it wasn't all on him, and maybe we're starting to see that a little bit with how things
1: are playing out in Denver, you know, maybe that was why he said what he said. I'm um. – you know what I'm on. I tell y'all, If y'all see my notes, y'all know what I'm on. I'm, I'm wondering, can Denver be so bad that they let Sean Payton go in one season? Because it's possible that they could be that bad. Just seeing the sample size of what we've seen so far, my estimation, it's so bad that it could be that bad. In my estimation. Now, I'm not calling for no one's job. It's not what I do. But we have seen a, a trend where coaches can lose their gig in one season. And I mean, need I say, those seasons looked a lot like how this one, like, okay, we're talking about the award, Hackett getting, getting the award, getting the game ball, everybody loves him, this, that, and the other. Was it, was it worse than this when he was there? Was it worse? Uh, I don't know. Like that's, 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 it was, Is it debatable?
2: Yeah, I, I guess you could say that. I mean, I, and also because I think people assumed, well, if you got rid of the coach and you bring in Sean Payton, they're going to fix everything. And they, it just doesn't look anywhere close to what anybody thought they'd be. How much more,
1: better I, does it look?
3: I, how much better does it look? I'll, I'll look. say this much. I mean, Russell Wilson's played a lot better than how he looked last year. And, and I think the difference is, you know, you, you know, you've got a different guy in there calling the plays a different head coach. It's an offensive mind. And the problem with Denver is not their offense; it's largely their defense. Yeah. I mean, their defense is atrocious right now. I mean, seriously, it, everyone has been able to put up, you know, points and scores. Like, if, if anyone's going to take the fall, it's probably going to be Vance Joseph.
2: I was going to say, does he make mm. it through the season?
3: Like, I don't think he does at this rate. I mean, they have looked awful, and they have no answers whatsoever. I mean, you're talking about a defense that gave up 70 70. points. 70 points. They are dead last in almost every single category. I mean, points, yards, bottom half, and, and red zone percentage. Like, surprising, somehow they're, like, bottom half and third down, but not as bad as you'd think. But they are, I mean, it's just awful. The big plays, everything else, so, unfortunately, like if there's going to be a fall guy, it's, it's probably going to be Vance Joseph initially. And then we'll see who survives based on how the rest of the season turns out. And it's not like things get any easier right. for them. They play Kansas City in Kansas City this week.
2: Just, hey, you know what we need to get right? We need a short week at Kansas City. <laughs>
3: and you know what the worst part is? They've got to play them two weeks after that. Right. <laughs> like, literally, if, you, if you, their bye week comes at week nine, they've got to play, in, in between now and then, Kansas City twice – and then they've got to play Green Bay in between. Granted, at, at home, so maybe that's a little more winnable. They might be a one-win team going into the bye.
1: <sighs> and then out of the bye, they're at Buffalo. Okay, so <sighs> you get rid of you get rid of the defensive coordinator at the bye. I mean, you, that, at least you have time to prepare whoever the next man up is. Okay, so then if the next man and, and, goes and by up. the way, the
3: worst part is, is like the way their schedule finishes. They go back to back to back. On the road versus Houston, who looks a lot better than we thought. The Chargers, who are tough. Detroit, who's the top the NFC North. I mean, for the last six weeks, they're so on the they road. So they might win, what, two, three games? <sighs> yeah, I mean, depending on how this whole thing turns out. But the way their defense is playing, yeah, I mean, that's.
2: As of right now, they're projected to get the number three pick in the draft. If they're picking that high, you're going QB, right? Try and get younger.
3: What a Pets who's there? Pets who's ahead of you and who's picking. I mean you don't want to force yourself into into a taking a QB that you don't love, a taking at that spot.
1: I mean, you're saying Russ is playing well, so why would they be looking to get a QB at three? Well, he's playing better, but it's not like he's lighting the league on, on fire. He's not doing that bad either though.
2: It's it, it, they just feel like, and, and I wonder at what point, if part of Sean Payton airing out Nathaniel Hackett and just voicing his frustration, I wonder at what point he realized, uh-oh, that maybe this isn't this isn't what I thought it was. And I I, I, I would not be surprised if Sean Payton decides to walk away from the gig, like if he just said, "All right, what? Yeah, if he just After decided
3: one year, yeah,
2: I would not be surprised." Go do go do broadcasts, but again. he'd
1: be ridiculous. ruined if he did that. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous. ridiculous.
2: I mean, I just think he looks at it and goes, "And maybe it's not fixable. Maybe this he's not this is the worst
1: it.
3: thing you've had." I'm just saying, it would not
2: it, it would not surprise me if he decided. I just I, I'm out. Come on, and I mean, I could see him. Direction. I
1: could see him being candid and transparent enough to say, "This was a harder. This is was a bigger fix than what I I I thought it was." Right. I could see him doing that. But I don't. I, I wouldn't see him going to the extreme that you're you're saying.
2: I mean, it's not going to get any easier in that division. I mean, thankfully you got the Raiders there. You can that, that provides some hope. You could get a couple of wins, but you still got to deal with the Chargers. You still got to deal with the Chiefs. I just I, I don't see where there's room for them to grow with what. So they, he just quits.
3: Like I mean, that's essentially what you're saying. <laughs> that's it. Away. Can't win. Yeah, I'm out of she here. Walks away. I'm out of here. Goes, and does, goes and does TV. So I mean, you do. You do you do remember when he went seven and nine for three straight years in New Orleans? Right, like yes. he didn't just quit. Then he wasn't like, "Ah, I can't get over the hump, can't get this team back where I needed to be." Like you really wouldn't be like that. Wouldn't shock you if he just said, "Ah, yeah, I'm out."
1: No. Oh God. I I, I, th- I think I, it's more likely for him to fix Denver than Belichick to fix the Patriots. <laughs>
2: That actually isn't an, uh, an interesting question. Who's worse off, Denver or the Patriots? I Broncos. Think the Patriots, Patriots are. I think they might be too. <laughs> That's how bad the Patriots are. Yeah, I've
1: done it. Before. Thank you, Coach.
2: <laughs> My God,
1: For are starting over. Like, think about that. That Bill <laughs> Belichick saying That
2: there are know. some really bad teams in the NFL. There's really
1: bad teams. I mean, for that for the goat to be at the stand, the podium, and be like. Starting over. <laughs> By Man. the way, did um did you see the the way the
3: the Jets handled social media and all the stuff?
2: Oh, did they send the um? What's I that? Mean, guy's Aaron
3: Rodgers was out there saying stuff. Yeah, Sauce Gardner, they were, like the yeah. Jets account sent a picture of uh, who was the character, the actor who played Sean Payne in that movie? God, he was yeah, Paul
1: yeah. Blart Mall Yeah, Con- yeah. Oh, Cob- Kevin yeah, Kevin yeah. James. Kevin James. They set out. They set out a little tweet with that. <laughs> Man. They were active. Yeah. They, they were, were active. Just like they were this this offseason, which, you know, didn't matter in this matchup. No. Well, uh, apparently, Denver was the offseason champs by their account. Yeah. It seems like it.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, oh, oh,